Welcome to episode 27 of Inside Jogging Podcast. In a week that's seen parts of Europe heading back into lockdown, Matt's had Josh on a on a lockdown enforced rest week. Um, so we'll do the usual and talk through our weeks and see whether Josh has like obeyed those draconian measures of, of Matt Clowes. We'll also thank some patrons. Well, hopefully, if I can get around to doing some research in the next half an hour. Um, answer some list of questions, discuss what's been happening in the world of running the past seven days. And then we've got an interview with the third fastest British female marathon runner of all time, Charlotte Perdue. Um, plenty to talk about this week, boys. I'm um, on parenting duty and Eliza, I put Eliza down for a nap five minutes ago. She's stood up in her cot right now, so she could well be joining us in the next five minutes. But um, for now... Let me introduce my co-host, the Chief of Cheddleton. Um, how's things going, Clousy? I like that. I might change my bio to that. So, the Chief of Cheddleton. Is that where you were born? It is, yeah. Nice little Staffordshire town. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. It's all going on in Cheddleton. Um, it's a lovely day. I tell you what, though. I'm trying to fight the sun. It keeps getting in my eyes. And you know when you have blinds and either way you do it, it's still in your eyes. Yeah. That's why you just need to go. You know, remember Josh's old room in Cardiff where he was just sat in the sort of dark. Is that where he um, taped uh, sheets to his uh, to his windows? Yeah, he did. Like he's in a drug den. Need to do that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Anyway. Right. Same to my other co-host. I'll call him the Prince of Peterborough because he's back. Um, the only man on this show with any instrumental talent. I'm going to say he's a, a grade three trumpeter. Um, how's things going, Josh Lunn? I saw this in your show notes and I feel somewhat offended. What grade uh, are you? I did grade eight. Eight? I didn't know how many grades there was, yeah. mate. That's my problem. <laughs> I put five and I thought that's far too high. A little fact for you. I did grade six in primary school. How many grades? I don't know what that means, though. So what's that? What's the highest grade? Eight. So you're like and then what? You're a professional. I don't really know, to be honest. I was only 15. I didn't really care at the time. But we, we need go. to, um, as, as a way of um, saying thanks to our patrons, we need to do a, a special a fanfare. trumpet um, video <laughs> for them. What can you play? I can still play it, actually. I found I found out my mum's the other day. Not very good, but... Um, yeah, can still play a little bit. Interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, otherwise, not too bad. Just sat in some normal techs at my dad's at the moment. Uh, so yeah, week, week's been all right. It's been, um, we'll get, when I, I'll get into more detail in my week, but I hate just running less. It's so boring. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is what you've been doing outside of running. I don't care about oh, you running my I don't dad. do anything else. Useless. Um, that explains it. Right. Well, let's go into the running then. Um, Matt, you can kick us off first. Um, I've I've had a brief look. I had a look last night what you've been up to, but I have no idea what you did this morning, so we'll find out. Cool. Right, yeah. I should have really prepared this beforehand. That's fine, mate. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
we've only done like 27 episodes and I still don't have anything prepared every time I come on. So um, Monday was da, 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 nine and a half miles in the morning, 7.14 pace plus weights. That was all I did actually on Monday. It's actually been quite a, just a bit of a jogging week, to be honest. Um, because I didn't do a long run last week, um, I did a long run actually on Tuesday morning. Um, so I did hour 46, uh, 18 miles at 5.55 pace. So a little bit steadier, long run than usual, but nothing how come, too How come you crazy. did Tuesday? Um, well, I didn't get a chance to do anything long the week before so I kind of well it's pretty much on a sort of 10 day cycle um last week was anyway the last 10 days should I say um which is fine so I got at least something in over that period so that was fine um I had to get up pretty early to get that in before work and um Strava told me that I was the local legend of um, local legend on back for more hugs. So there we go. What happens down there then? No idea. I don't know who would have created a segment and named it that, but there we go. So back for more hugs. I hope people just um, go, go around your loop and, and give it various names just so you have to read them out on this podcast. Um, do you know so- what? If that was the case, then I respect that. I'll set you. I'll set the listeners some challenges. Go find some loops that me, Josh, and Clarity run on, and um, yeah, put in some interesting names for us to read out on show. Yeah, there you go. That's something the listeners can do. Um, so that was good. So already, I was sort of quite up on up on mileage for the start of the week. Um, Wednesday was just over five miles at seven oh four pace. Um, then I was down in Bristol for work. So, um, oh, this was a this was a big day. So I did. So I had a meeting in um, in the southwest, which took I was driving for four and a half hours for that meeting. Then I had to drive to the office after that meeting, which was two and a half hours, to pick up some um, kit for the, the following day. And then I drove to Bristol. So all in all, I did about eight hours of driving. What sort of kit? What sort of kit are we talking about? Um, so we had like um, it was like a regional um, sort of training day, airway day for um, the anaesthetists in Southwest. So um, so it was just like picking up sort of um, um, kit for like stuff for like ban- like banner stands and stuff like that. I thought I thought as you said like anaesthetist I can't say the word um thought you maybe were picking up some some drugs to put people to sleep or something no no um to be fair I could have done with some after that day um so yeah so I got out late Wednesday and did just four miles um 621 pace and I did sort of put some feelers out because I was going to do a session on the Thursday and to be fair, a few people did actually get back to me. Um, Big Dom um, did say he was planning on doing a bit of a steadier session in the morning. Um, 
But yeah, do you know what? Halfway through the week, I was just a bit like, I just couldn't be bothered to do anything. Um, so that was Wednesday. And then Thursday, worse than that, Aaron, he uh, he was on the phone to me after my session on Tuesday, which probably made it 10 times worse. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> asking Josh for advice is probably the worst thing ever, isn't it? That's when you know you're at a low point. Yeah, sorry. Eliza's having a, a mini meltdown in a cot, so I'm um, just distracted for a minute. She'll be all right. We'll give another give another Kylie Breeze in or something like that. She needs one, mate. Go on. Um oh yeah, so I did see this that you um you put it out there for people they want to do a session. But then I think I saw your reply saying, um, yeah, I need it done by like seven o'clock or something ridiculous. So I was like, nobody's gonna take you up on that, mate. Nobody's gonna do it. Yeah. Well, I had to be, I had to be all set up um, the next day um, for this um, for this conference at eight a.m. So I was really close. The hotel was really close to where it was all going down, but um, I had to take all the equipment over, which was an absolute pain in the arse. So. I did about you boys, but when you're, if you're carrying stuff and you can carry it all in one go, you'll, all, I'll always be the, the type of person to try and carry everything and not have to go back. Do you know what? So, I've heard this is called a, a man carry or something along those lines, because I'm exactly the same. I'd rather, even if it takes longer, do it in one go and struggle than go back twice. Yeah. I don't understand so, why. I know. I don't know what it is, but anyway, so I, so I, I did, I just did five miles in the morning at 7.02 pace. Um, I got back and I had a couple of stands to take over bags of equipment. Um, so if anybody in Bristol centre saw a man um, in a blue suit walking through I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say a saw blue suit. Like you, you got your suit sponsored by saw now. Oh. Pending. <laughs> um, I had to take about seven or eight breaks because um, it was that heavy. I got into the. I got into the venue, and I was literally sweating. It took me probably about four hours to cool down, and in that time, I couldn't take my blazer off because if I did, it would have been horrific. So, um, so that was that was Thursday morning shenanigans, um, and then I was planning on doing a session in the evening, um, and I think that's actually when I spoke to Josh. It wasn't Wednesday; it was Thursday, on the walk back to the hotel, and I got into the hotel, and I was just my hair was just fried. I just you know, them days you have where you're just like mentally just like gone. You just just need to just go for a run and not have to do anything sort of strenuous. Um, so I just ended up, ended up doing 10 miles, um, 607 pace. So a bit steady than I normally do anyway on an easy run. So that was good. So that was Thursday, Friday morning. Uh, it was just over seven miles at 716 pace plus some hills. So um, I did the hills just by where, just underneath the suspension bridge in Bristol. Um, a good little hill there, so up and down there a couple of times. Um, 
so a few people waved at me actually um when I was going up and down the hills and I was like do you know like when you're uh, you've got your headphones in and you run past somebody and then you sort of know who they are but then it's too late so um I apologize to the few people that saw me and waved they probably said hello and I kind of didn't even hear them so um so that was Friday actually Thursday night I got a, a um some takeaway I got some sushi and they decided to put an additional uh, portion of something in, into my sushi takeaway so that was uh, that was appreciated um nice. yeah it was nice I don't know what it was it's kind of like this pork thing with um it was like it kind of it kind of I said to Chino it tasted like a bit of like a, um I don't know like a Sunday roast but it was but it obviously wasn't it was like pork with onions and with gravy and rice but there we are. Um, so that's what I did Friday was just the hills. And then yesterday, Saturday, I decided to try and get out and do a session. I woke up and I was knackered. It's absolutely just battered. I don't know why. I think it's just been just a busy, busy week with work and everything else going on. So um, I wasn't going to bother, but I got out and did, got out and decided to, to try and start a session and see how it went. So um, I was going to do five by 2K with a K float, but I got four done in total in the end, um, which I sort of felt was enough, to be honest, for the session itself. So the plan was to do the um, 2Ks in around sort of 255, 258 per K, so just under six minutes for the 2Ks. So managed to sort of hit around... 550 555 for most most of them and then the, the k floats were about 320 315 that sort of area um i did this on the uh, Wrexham um marathon course actually so um it's a pretty quick course to do it on so managed to go through 10k in, in 3028 so i was pretty happy with that and then um I think I ended up averaging about 4.57 for the for the 12k because I finished with a float as well. So all in all, not a bad session. Happy to get something in for the week because um, I thought it was just going to be a week of jogging, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I see. I see on your Strava you use the word "I can't be fat." Is that your um, way of saying you can't be bothered? Yeah, so I I don't like swearing on the old <laughs> Strava. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's kind of like it is, it's supposed to be like fact is, is in fucked, but um, it kind of didn't, if I wrote the whole thing with the ED at the end, it just didn't make sense. So, but then saying that, what I've put doesn't make sense either. So, <laughs> So there we are. Um, and then I saw Mike Harrington put it on his Twitter, which yeah. made me look even more of an idiot. So there we go. Um, yeah. So, that, you know, I just uh, trying to use different language. Good. So that was Saturday. Um, and then today. So I was looking for recommendations on shoes. Um, so I thought I'd... Um, speak to Josh considering he's 
with ProDirect of knowledge. and he's, a, he's an influencer. So I decided to ask about some Nike structures just to see if they helped a little bit offload the Achilles. So dropped him a text last night on our little group chat and um, I asked him, basically, I don't know if you boys or any listeners have had Nike structures in the past, but you probably have to run in them for about three months for them to even be broken in. So I asked Josh, like, oh, you know, did they break in all right? Did you run run with them straight away? So um, he came back saying he walked around a museum and then did an 18 miler. So that's the feedback I get. Pretty surprising, wasn't it? I, I, I mean, firstly, I was surprised that Josh even goes to museums. Yeah, so, um, so Josh, as I said last night, what was your favourite piece from the, the museum? The dinosaur part. That was good fun. What dinosaur in particular? Well, <laughs> oh, oh, one sec. That good? Oh, My dad just... Shout out to my dad because he just bought me some breakfast, but I'm just choking on it. <clears throat> Shout out to Paul Long. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I thought the T-Rex was smaller than I was anticipating, to be honest. Mm. Right. Uh, good. There we go. Good insight. Right, Clouds, you finish your week. Let's get rid of him. And then, sorry, you thought the T-Rex was smaller? It's a dinosaur. Yeah, I thought it was going to be massive. Right. Um, you, you, the T-Rex is smaller than you thought. Yeah. It would be a lot bigger. Right. Also, um, however, I I actually have no problem breaking. I just run straight in any shoe. No, normally I'm with Matt. I Pegasus first week of running is horrendous. I love it. I my my favorite run is like the first run in the shoe. Yeah, my arch feels no, like no, not with the power structures. You yeah. need some you need some numb feet like me. Well, they were numb after 15 miles today, so there we are. So that's what I did today was 15 miles at seven, just over a seven-minute mile in. Um, what did you think of the shoe overall, though? Um, okay, I'll probably just run, run easy runs in it and not far, to be honest. It's not, it's not exciting, is it? You're not running hard enough, then. Right. Yeah. I try. I, I do try and recover on some of these runs, Josh. Something that you're still trying to figure out. Uh, invincibles are for that. Um, I, I I don't know with them. I feel they're a bit floppy. But anyway, um, that was my week. Um, just over eighty-five miles, actually. So, considering um how I felt throughout the week and um not getting any sort of sessions in, I was. It's not been actually too bad of a week. Solid. So, um, when's your when's your ten k coming up soon? Is it next week? One of three starts next week. So, I've not raced many ten k's this week this year. So, I thought I'd, I might as well just do three and three three weekends. So, first ones next Sunday, Wimslow, ten k. And um, did you stay over in Bristol? I presume you did. Yes. Your last, I remember your last trip to Bristol, you weren't too impressed with the hotel you stayed in near the bridge or whatever it was. How was this one? Um, it was better, actually. Um, just trying to think now what was good and what was bad. Um, this one had a better iron. 
which is good. I managed to iron my shirt without any, without having to like spend about three hours trying to get creases out of it. Um, it was all right. Remember, when was the last time you used an iron? Because I I haven't used one in years. I I literally well, I say it's only when I wear like shirts for like weddings and stuff. Um, but even then, I get my mother-in-law to do it, so it's all good. Yeah, you don't dream. wear shirts, boys. Never uh, ever. I mean, marketing. It's been, called, it's been called being a professional. Marketing. We just wear t-shirts and shorts, mate. Most of the time, I sit in a a t-shirt and my pajamas when I'm working at home. All right, so put I'll put this I'll put it to you this way, right? So if you were trying to sell some sell, sell something to somebody and someone turned up in a tracksuit trying to sell something to you, obviously not. Joffrey not like drugs. It. Yeah, um, something of a high value. So in, you and you showed up in a, a crinkled shitty shirt. Would you buy? Would you want to invest in that product? Oh no, I absolutely know why you do. I'm just grateful that I don't have to. Yeah. Um, are you wearing a tie? Or is that gone? I didn't wear a tie this week. I, I had to wear one last week. We're in London. Oh, God. Yeah. I remember going to a, a marketing conference about over five years ago. And I wore I wore shirt and tie and jacket. I was the only one wearing a tie in the whole sort of 500 people. That shows the state of marketers. No, things like, well, we're at, everyone wears ties. Um, but I hate them. I just prefer to wear just... You know, just a shirt and a jacket. Josh can't, Josh can't do a tie, can he? You just have to wear one at school. Can you do a tie, Josh? I'm sure someone did yours yeah. for my wedding. <laughs> no, I can. Right. Anyway, let's um, let's move on. Yeah, solid week, Matt. I'm sure you'll find the motivation back soon. Um, it's just hard, <clears> isn't it? Sometimes, just yeah. I think everybody, every runner has it, and. I think the perception is a lot of from a lot of sort of recreational runners is like the top end runners just find it easy every day to get out and, and run. But it's yeah, it can yeah. be a grind. Um, Josh, for somebody who's it's not a grind for and it's like his biggest occasion every day is stepping out the door to go for his run. Talk through your week. Yeah, let's try and let's try and lift the motivation up. I feel like Matt, you're you, you sound down. I don't know what's up. He's got to speak to I'm us. I'm not down. I'm good. Okay. I'm saying that though. Somebody said that I I couldn't be asked. Uh, one of the listeners told me that I couldn't be asked. So true. Um, I'm trying. <laughs> um, that's the case. It's not very hard. <laughs> right. Mon- one Monday morning. The good news, Sorry. boys, is Eliza's gone to sleep, so we're good. Fantastic. Good old girl. <clears throat> right. Monday morning. So Monday was the day that I was meant to have a rest day, actually, um, and I sort of managed to arrange a four mile run with Matt so I went out in the morning with Jarvis because I was uh, staying at his and um, he told me sort of after we'd left it's a six mile loop it's, we've only got four miles Jarvis he said no 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 we can't do four miles it's six miles so uh, this was kind of at the point of no return because I didn't really know where I was so we ended up doing six miles at 650, uh, 659s but heart rate was pretty low so I didn't I, I did tell Matt afterwards and uh, not ideal but we I kind of rearranged the rest of my week and for the, the sake of the listeners, because not everyone will know where Jarvis lives, that's in Tennington. He actually lives in Twickenham. Okay, Twickenham. Yeah. I thought I thought it's interesting you said, yeah, just went out of Jarvis from his house. Oh, yeah. As if everyone knows yeah. who Jarvis is. Dan Jarvis. He's, run a, ma- free. 
three six five. Well, we're giving we're giving him air time. Oh no 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 no! Not free <laughs> advertising. Not on my show. I love that. He's actually put on his um on his Strava what marathon runner does four miles on a Monday, which I think Matt you nibbled at. Looking at this, <laughs> I tromped a little bit, but it was only yeah. subtle. Um, so doesn't he, morning, doesn't he jump over hurdles? He does. What runner jumps over hurdles? <laughs> true, true. Distant runner, should I say? <laughs> um, Tuesday morning, I went out and did. So I actually went ran to Bushy from uh, Dan's again. Met up with Ross Skelton for a two-minute high and bye. So that was just over half an hour, six fifty-eights. Um, it's quite busy in London in the morning, actually. Why? Oh, he just sent me a picture of Bushy, and I was like, "Oh, I'll go and see him," and then I ran back. I had to run, so. Did you just say, did you just say it's quite busy in London? Yeah, like on the streets, even like early, like eight No shit. Eight o'clock, you (laughs) ran at eight rush hours. It's busy busy in rush hour in London. (laughs) Just, can you clarify, what was Ross doing? Was he just in Bushy Park to take pictures? Yeah, he wasn't just like loitering. Loitering, no, he wasn't. Um, and then I um, went and did the cottage session at Bassey Park in the evening. So um, a little bit stressful getting there, actually. Jarvis and I jumped off the train or tried to jump off the train, um, but the door wouldn't open. So we had to go a, a stop further and uh, he had some scooters. So we were smashing it through uh, London on these scooters, which was quite good fun, but probably not ideal prep for a session. Isn't there a tube, isn't there a tube station at Battersea? Yeah, but the door wouldn't open, so we couldn't get off. Was less than ideal. You know, you have to press the button. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah, he was he was doing it, but was yeah, it busy? What? No, it wasn't. That was the annoying thing. So we we literally were waiting another door, and it just just nothing happened. Um, but yeah, so the session was three sets of three minutes, and then six minutes. Um, recovery was seventy five, and then uh, two thirty. <clears throat> um, so yeah, so we started off, started off the session was. Um, we eased into it, should we say. Uh, and then on the second set, on the six minute, um, it sort of really picked up. So Dom Nolan was sort of kind of at the front, sort of dictating the pace more so. Um, and then I was just sort of, probably just sort of sat on him a little bit um, with Reese and Callum Moody, um, hoping to train a little bit more with in the future. So that's the plan at least. Um, but yeah, we went through a mile on that second second six minutes in like 4.36. I was like, yeah, this is the and I think I said to you, Matt, that's kind of where I struggle running on my own. So that's kind of the yeah, the benefit I think of running in a group for sort of 10k intensity stuff. That's probably nearer my 3k intensity, but um yeah, so that was good. And then yeah, the the last set was sort of similar, really, a little bit slower, um, but like a lot quicker than I'd run on my own. So um what what was the the point of the session? Just to run eyeballs out for three minutes and six minutes. I don't know what's the point in most sessions, Renard. That's not really the way it happens. So, but, but was there a purpose? Was was there like a was it meant to be three minutes at any sort of intensity, or was it just go right? right it wasn't spoken about. So they sort of, they. Sort I mean, went. they must have had an idea of sort of what. Yeah, I'm sure so they did. Three k, three three minutes at five k, maybe six minutes at ten k, or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Because it's probably one of my biggest annoyances is people doing sessions for 
like too hard than not doing the purpose of the session. So you need to have an understanding of doing of what you're doing. Um, Josh, did you have an understanding of the session? No, he obviously but, hasn't. But he just just explained it. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, it baffles me why you'd smash it much harder than you kind of need to. Go and ask, go and ask one of the Africans at the front of uh, one of the marathons if they know what they do in their sessions. Well, they do. They do two, two, ten, 10 by two minutes and a minute float. Two minutes yeah, is sort of flat out. No, it's not flat out. Like not for all of them. Not for the good ones who who perform well. The ones who who like try and get to the front of the group and then try and make it. Then yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, so yeah, so then I had to get the train home, which was a uh, bit of a late night. To be honest, I didn't go until like half eleven. Um, so uh, I was yeah, I, I only ran once on the Wednesday. I just did five miles in the evening. Um, and then I was going to double on the Thursday, but um, I just did a one set. Uh, no, I'm okay, mate. Uh, my dad was asking if I want to do more tea. Um, so I was going to double on a Thursday. And He's a good lad, isn't he? He is a good lad. Uh, I ran, ran at lunchtime. And this, and this actually ties nicely back to the thing what I said last week, where um, because I had my controller for my Xbox, this was the first run I've missed the whole block in that evening. And I still hit my weekly mileage, so it's fine. But I made sure I gave my controller back to my dad today because I was like, I don't want that to happen. So, But um, how- as you were about to say, how did you hit your weekly mileage? So we'll come to that. <laughs> so that was Thursday. So I did four. So yeah, I basically did five miles Wednesday, four miles Thursday. And oh, then... Sorry, can we just can we just rewind just a step? So you had so you you've got your Xbox Xbox controller, right? I had it. Yeah, it's gone now. So what's the situation? So so what? Matt, I'm a big person for peer pressure. All right. So, so what happened? I just got a text saying, "Do you want to play? Do you want to play uh, tonight?" And I'd be like, "No, I need to go for a run." And then they're like, "Oh, I'm on now." I'd be like, "Fuck it, okay, I'll play a few games and I'll go for a run." And then one thing leads to another, and it's nine o'clock. <laughs> it's it's a bad it's a bad habit, but it's a habit I need to get out of. So I've just gone cold turkey with a controller again. Um, Where I can't, is I, it now? I, I Where's the controller? Paul's got it. Yeah, but. This has happened twice before. Maybe you need to give it someone other than Paul. No, Why I don't you send it to asked, me. No, I asked for it last. Um, and I, this is the first time I'm giving it back. So, because I wasn't around last weekend. So, it's all sorted now. Won't, won't be coming back. Um, so, yeah, so Friday morning. So, I've got a bit of holiday to kill actually. So, I thought I'll uh, use half a day and do my session in the morning just so it's a bit nicer in the light. Uh, before you say, so did, yeah. you, you told me this. You told me that as well, that you had half a day. So, I was like, all right, he'll be going out for his session at like nine, nine thirty. Yeah, is that I've got half a day, but I've got a meeting at eleven. How's that half yeah. a day? Well, it was kind of half a day scattered, not in a consistent block. That's so not I had a meeting half a day holiday. I had a meeting at eleven, but then my boss let me finish at like two. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, warm up. Uh, I went out to Ferry Meadows, which is kind of like a it's where the park run is, um, and it was it was nice and still actually, so it was pretty good because it can get quite windy around there. Um. So did eight mile tempo average. I literally ran 40 40, which is 505, which is what Matt wanted. But I, I and I, I had this conversation with him yesterday. I did kind of want to run five minute miling. Um, and so the, I was a little bit, miling. yeah, for, yeah, probably, probably five 459s. Um, so I was a little bit like, uh, but I, I, I said 
I felt really shit all week running a little bit less. Like I would much rather run 110, 150 miles than 80. I just feel it puts that doubt in your mind, like Wednesday, Thursday, where you don't have to double every day or most days. And I don't like that. So I'd rather do just 10 and six most days rather than like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. But I think it is actually a pretty, pretty decent run. Um, I think well, it's the fastest eight mile tempo I've done. So you should you would think it is. Well, no, it's, it's a case of do you think it is? Because if you're saying that's the fastest eight mile run you've done and you probably came away from that feeling pretty good yeah and without cooking yourself like just because you're not running five flat it doesn't mean that sessions i know yeah absolutely and i think it's just like uh i don't know why i kind of wanted to do that um all right well, more... let me let me put this to you so if you didn't have strava and there was nothing out there what would that 505 yeah. look like i don't necessarily think strava is the issue i think it's more my own justification to myself like no. i Nah, I'm not letting you have that. You love it. You well, absolutely I, I, love it. As soon as you've done that before. session, it's across <laughs> Strava, it's across Instagram, it's on multiple WhatsApps to people. But wouldn't that session, wouldn't that session on, on Strava anyway look better because you've been disciplined in your approach? Mm. Yeah, for you, you probably was, but I just no, like but I'm not, not just saying and I'm not and I'm not saying you know, Strava is either good or bad or whatever, you know, you use it for however you want to use it, but um, it's a good session. Well, yes. yeah. So I would say like with a, an eight mile tempo, like usually you wouldn't do them that much harder than the marathon pace effort. So if you're running 505s, that's already way inside your marathon pace of five. 13 14s um so yeah i mean i'd be pretty happy with it i was actually listening to um i think northern arizona boys talking about their training and they won the ncas yesterday they do a lot of this sub threshold work um which is sort of between half marathon and marathon pace um and they run pretty well off it mate so yeah i mean, yeah, just trust exactly. it um, so yeah, so that <clears throat> that was the morning. Then three mile warm down, um, and then oh, this brings me to the evening. So in the evening, I was conscious I hadn't been to the gym in a while. So I said to my dad, <laughs> Aaron knows the story already. I said to my dad, "Let's meet. We'll go to the gym." And I, I had a double, so I was going to do six miles. And we arranged to meet at five thirty. So I was going to finish my run and then jump in the gym. And uh, I texted him, and he he said he was going to leave at five o'clock. Um, so I was like, oh, he's going to be early. And he literally lives opposite the gym. Um, so I sat waiting, and I was like, there's no point in me running. I'll just jump on the treadmill when we get inside. And waited 20 minutes, and he says, oh, I'm just leaving. I was like, for fuck's sake, I could have done three miles by now. Um, and then so I, I, I sort of annoyed, I went and did two miles like outside, because I was like, I don't really want to do six miles on the treadmill. It's just boring. And then expecting for him to say, oh, I'm outside now, by the way, or wait for me outside by my car. So I got back. He wasn't there. And I called him. No answer. I was like, he's gone in and left me, isn't he? So, yeah, he'd uh, bloody gone in the gym, left me. So I uh, had to go in the gym on my own, which I had no idea where I was going. And I'm kind of one of these people. Like, I don't really like doing stuff on my own. So yes. did you enter the gym in your short shorts as well? 
I was wearing tights. I haven't run in Ooh. shorts in a while. And what and what was the sort of reception to you in? What was tights? the vibe? What was the vibe like? <laughs> Skinny guy comes in in a pair of tights. Blonde highlights and in, tights. I was in the free weight section in them as well. <laughs> oh, even better! Oh well, I didn't have any shorts underneath. <laughs> that was a problem. So yeah, wow. so uh, I did two miles outside, four miles on the treadmill. Uh, it was like seven tens outside, six fifty fives on the treadmill, and then Sunday. Sorry, so that was actually quite a big day. So I think I did twenty miles on Friday, and then Saturday I did ten in the morning, six forty fives. He fit, he just subtly puts that. I think I did twenty miles. He definitely knows he did twenty miles. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to dwell me. on it too much because Matt will probably get annoyed. Well, this is what uh, I was talking about. How he managed <laughs> to get to his weekly mileage in like a few days. But I did plan on doing more in the evening on Saturday, actually, or yesterday. So I only actually needed to do four. Um, I had planned on doing six. And I was like, actually, that will take me over. Uh, and then Sunday this morning, so I ran with my dad. So he said, oh, I've got one hour 45, so about 15 miles. I was thinking, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, so we started at seven-minute miling. And then we averaged 6.25. So fair play. He's, uh, I was quite, quite impressed he managed to keep up with that and matt matt wanted my heart rate about 150 max and you know, it was 140 at that and it's quite a hilly loop around there so yeah it is hilly pretty pretty, pretty decent actually um so yeah so we started sort of started at sevens got down to probably like we ran a few around six minute mile and um so weekly mileage 80.8 wow he's hit his best week number yeah exactly you say disciplined but he's done he's done a quarter of that mileage in one day <laughs> so um is it uh, are you gonna is the announcement coming today um about seville oh, i think have we not already said that i think we said it about the the world record attempt oh the world record, oh, world record. yeah so my dad's entered us in the father and son combined marathon time which i think is 458 so i was thinking if i could run oh, i know I'm, he's got quite an ambitious target but if i could run 215 216 that gives him a window of he can run 243 so i'm probably i'm not going to say what he wants to run because i thought it was quite ambitious but he should be able to comfortably run inside that i think i had a message from um the hughes is it owen hughes this son yeah um, i think they have the record don't they yeah um now now he's class is getting service now for his tea where's i see the lights bringing me a cup of tea how these other people live. Um, um, yes. So yeah, Hughes, the Hughes just have the record at the moment. I mean, to, to get this record, you have to prove like you're, you're related. Do you have to give like DNA? I have no it? idea how you do it. It's going to be Paul, Paul's too young. Yeah. I have got the advantage. I have quite young parents. So um, yeah. Yeah. I think we should be able to, as long as one of us doesn't have a bit of a disaster, we should be. So, pretty, um, what's um, Big Papa Lund's uh, PB at the moment? So, he, he's run 236, but the, the thing with that is he doesn't run that much. So, when he did that, I think he did that off 40 miles a week. Get him on the Cluzy program, we'll get him at 230. Yeah, so I mean, like this morning, just going red lining for an hour 45. It's perfect. <laughs> like father, like son. He fit in no time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, solid weight, Josh. Um, no niggles? No, I'm just bored not running. That's why I said to Matt. I'd rather run. Yeah, wow. I took, I took my uh, computer away, didn't I? That's you the be, you, you need be, another hobby. Read you a book. 30 years old next, next Do you know what? Year. 
Do you know what I started watching? I started watching Young Sheldon. I said to Aaron on Netflix, absolutely amazing. What a life that boy lives. You know he's not real. Yeah, I know, but he's just very, uh, yeah, smart. I like it. Smart. There we go. Right. I'll crack through my week then um, because I think we've got half an hour before Clousey's got to go out. He's got to go shopping in Manchester. Don't want him to get in trouble. Um, Monday, start off at 10K, 726s, nice and easy. A few loops around Burley with with Philippa. Um, lots of loops by the looks of this. Um, but yeah, nice and easy. And then evening, I got out for a Monday double, which is a rare thing. Did nearly an hour, 706s, eight miles. Lots of loops around the, the estate at the top, which Cloudy likes the corners on those ones. Um, yeah, I don't know about you two, but I hate running in the dark. I need to start going out much earlier. Problem is, I sit sit at my desk and it gets to about half three, and I've had a lot of calls recently, and I just sit here and just see it getting darker and darker, and I'm like, oh, I can't be asked to go out now. But have to get if you want to get some mileage, and you've got to get it done, haven't you? So get the body torch out, mate. Yeah, I've heard actually you need uh that's what your job needs to be, sales rep for body torches. I know about four people have bought them off the back of you. So you're welcome. You should be getting commission, mate. Um <laughs> right, Tuesday course I went down to cricket pitch, um, three mile warm-up, and then I had roughly six minute threshold, um, ten by a minute off a minute float, and then six minute threshold, which can I can I just pull you up on this, please? If you want. So um, I'm sure the listeners would appreciate you actually putting some description to your session instead of just putting it as a morning run. I have put it on there. No, you haven't. It just says morning run, 9.74 miles. Oh, I'm on Tuesday at the moment, mate. Sorry, we'll get there. Tuesday is, um, says five lap threshold, seven miles. 16th November, we're on. Can I carry on? Or am I the wrong one? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we can, you, can, you can pull me up on that later. I might, well, I'm, I'm still pulling you up on it. Yeah, right. Anyway, so I ended up doing five laps because five laps is roughly, well, it's just over six minutes. And um, yeah, pretty solid. Nothing really spectacular, but just solid work and um, no grounds. But actually, the groundsman did turn up at the end um, as I finished cooling down. So as you can see on my cool down, there's a few little extra like lines to the circle so I sort of made it look like I was going around the field um yeah he tried to get my attention as I was walking back to the car but I had a meeting so I just sort of ran straight past so what's so what's what's so what's going on with this guy what's his name I have no idea he's groundsman um, is it groundsman he wears sunglasses all the time he's um he rocks up in the summer he's there sat there all day because they have their little grass basically where they have the the grass cutting machines and stuff. I don't know what you call them. Big lawnmowers. Um, grass, it, sorry, grass ride, cutting machines. A lawnmower. <laughs> the, the ride on lawnmowers. Um, yeah, so they have their, their little shed there. Um, and so he's just there quite a lot, but he doesn't seem too happy about life. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, you I, just need to build a good relationship with him, mate, and then I, I he'll tried, be absolutely fine. I did speak to him, but he's um he's not having any of it. He um 
Yeah, I'd, I'm going to speak to the council, I think, see if we can get um, some sort of athletic facility for us. Even if they just cut, cut the grass around the edge of the football pitches, it'd be a, a start. Then we'd use that. Um, so, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Um, that was Tuesday. And I suppose as we had a listener say um, he wants a bit more detail why we do sessions. That is That was purely a mix of kind of 5k effort for the minute on and then just try and float the minutes at sort of steady pace and then um yeah a bit of threshold wrapped around wrapped around it so say, i am not the person to ask for that because i ain't got a clue pretty good for sort of 10k sort of training that is um so yeah i've just been doing those sessions each tuesday a bit of 5 10k work um try and get a bit of speed in the legs um well Speed endurance, not real speed. Um, Wednesday, got out eight o'clock in the morning, ran with Ruth Jones, who actually did, um, she did the Rose Harvey interview with me on, on Friday, who's coming up on next week's show. So getting Ruth to help out with some of our interviews, a bit of a female voice out there because we're well aware we're three lads who don't understand women. so. Yeah, try and get some women to help us. Um, I mean, me and Clousey have got a bit more success with women than Josh, but but yeah. We're still trying, mate. Still trying. Um, so yeah, Wednesday morning, 80 minutes. With I did the first hour of Ruth and then a bit of an out and back. Um, I think I was going to run down there to meet her, but Eliza was, was up really early again. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you anyway. I know you don't care, but she um she's her her nappies right. She's on oh here we go on size four nappies, and she, so she's perfect sort of weight for those size four nappies. Um, but she wheezes quite a lot at night, and she started leaking of late. So it's um we've all been there, mate. It's woke her up a few yeah, times for the best of us, and then she's been waking up pretty early. So. Don't worry, I've rectified it now. Sorted that. I'll come into that later. But yeah, so I was a bit late getting down to, to meet Ruth. Um, so you've re- <laughs> so, so you've, you've just said that you've rectified. The... I have. I'll tell you about it in a sec. Right. It comes into a, a run later in the week. Thursday, um, well, the worst was, I think on the Tuesday, when it was Jenny's turn to wake up for, she'd pooed at sort of half six in the morning. But then I'd managed to take a nappy off. So there was like poo all around the all around the cot. Um, so I'm glad Hopefully. I didn't have to wake up to that one. I'm sure the listeners are gonna really appreciate this. She was well stuff. happy with it, apparently. She mm. loved it. Um, but yeah, Jenny wasn't too keen. Um Thursday, I again was up early. Um, Jenny went to work that morning at two o'clock. She left the house. So nice late start for Jenny two o'clock in the morning um so I went out as soon as the mum got round. did 10 miles at 6.56s I was expecting to feel really tired because the first mile I felt dreadful and then it sort of just got better it was quite a nice day ran a few trails for you Clousey um they were fine um got it done you ran at 10 12 a.m that's not early I well I said Jenny left early I I could only get out when Jenny's mum came round. Right. Um, so I got up at, I think I was up at five o'clock with Eliza or something stupid. So I'd been up five hours. 
I know that's not early for you, but it's early for me. Um, and then got out for a double in the evening, four miles at 7.22, so pretty slow, just jogging around the estate. Um, Friday morning, threshold. So I've been doing threshold pretty much every Friday for the past four weeks. This week I did uh, five by six minutes off one minute jog. So it's probably a little bit quicker than threshold actually. So I lied. Um, and I've, la- I've labeled this one too, Clousy. So I don't know what you're chatting about. Um, Mate, I just realized I scrolled down to the week before. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll let you off. There's a lot of circles. I'll, I'll let you off. Um, so yeah, this is probably a bit more, I don't know, probably more 10K pace-ish. Um, I used to do five by 2K a lot. So it's pretty similar to that, but just on the grass. Um, yeah, so three, three mile warm up, five by six minutes. Actually, the weather was really nice once. Um, it's it was pretty sunny, um, which was a nice. And there's another lad running around the cricket pitch, Cam. So he was doing four by seven and a half minutes. So had somebody else there to keep me company. Well, somebody else running around the loop anyway. Um, Did you lap him? Yeah, a few times, but he um, he sort of moves in, lets me round. Um, so yeah, it's just quite nice just having someone else there. Really, um, we spoke about the groundsman and kept an eye out, but he didn't turn up. So all good. Um, so that leads me to Saturday. I had to get the long in long run in Saturday morning because of what's happening today. So I did. I ended up doing nearly 19 miles at 6.39s. Um, plenty of trails in there too. So I did 35 minutes for four park run. Joined Philippa for park run, paced her to 19.10ish, which was just a good run for her. And then did a few more loops. Joshua, no, it actually reminded me, because I haven't been around Rutland Water for ages. It reminded me, Josh, of the time we, um, we dropped oh, you. No. And you had to walk back to the car. That was a sorry, sorry state. Yeah. I really, I'd been injured, Matt, for quite a while. And uh, so the uh, sensible first thing to do, just crack on straight with a long run. And it's quite hilly around there. And I had to walk, I think, two miles back. And I was absolutely done. Is that yeah. when you had your long hair like Bon Jovi? <laughs> yeah, it probably would have been. Good reference. Um, it said, I thought it was really hilly, but it, it says I only did 638 feet in. 19 miles but i think it's just because it's all you like go up and then you go straight back down and you go up again rather than anything like massive hilly wise just undulating constantly um so so yeah i was pretty pleased to get two hours done haven't done two hours in a long long time i think that's my longest running in ages um so i don't actually know what mileage i'm on like 83 miles 82 miles of this morning I haven't ran yet today. I was planning on going down to mine. Josh's friend Mike was um, had his kid at rugby down at the playing fields near me, and I was gonna um, push Eliza down there, leave Eliza with Mike, and do a little run. But she's pretty naggy today, so mate, why don't you get one of them boggy things we just run with? Because there's nowhere to run with it around here. Like you need like a straight flat path um, to really just chuck it on the pavement. 
Yeah, but you've not been to Stamford, have you? It's like, was it Georgian? So every path is like ultra narrow, got like bumps everywhere. Like you, it'd be fine if I if I could. I I also haven't got the car today because Jenny's got the car, so I can't even drive to like the woods on the trail and do like a, you know, a loop. So yeah, pretty stuck. Um, I did. So I have got a buggy, obviously, for her, and I did consider just using that for. A, I've got a little like 600 meter loop in the around the park near my house i was going to on a grass loop do a few laps later maybe but i don't i don't think i'd break nine minute mile in so i don't know if there's any point um but yeah um and we're utilizing a nap time now to record this show so yeah unfortunately it looks like i'm stuck for the day so if anyone wants to give me a running buggy i'll happily accept one um or if anyone wants to do any babysitting for me, again, willing to, to let you look after Eliza for, for a few hours, I'd be more than happy to do that as well. But, How do you um, get Josh to babysit? Is that Eliza can babysit me. She probably would. Yeah, Josh, why don't you come over? Come over this afternoon. Look after her. You'd love it. Um, anyway, it's still pretty, Good week, mate. pretty decent week. Um, so hopefully... How many weeks is it until Milton Keynes? I think I've got... Is it three weeks or is it two weeks? Josh, no. Same as So what's weeks. the plan for Milton Keynes? My what? Like... You've got a time, time in mind or is it a case of just running out I and have, seeing, seeing what's I going on? I actually have no idea. I did this similar last year when I had that 10K and I, I'd done a bit more training than I have done in these last four or five weeks. But I ran... 30 28 then um so yeah i'm sort of i don't really want to put a number on it because i just don't have any idea i, I mean i'd love it to be under under 67 and a half um yeah if i could hit that sort of pace that'd be good but it might be quicker could be quicker who knows but um yeah just want a solid i just want to go out there and enjoy it to be honest see what happens It'd be nice if it's a short course. Knock a few minutes off. It'd be good. Would be nice. Um, but yeah, that's the week. Uh, I mean, Strava leaderboard is the only point going into it because people wouldn't have finished their weeks, were they? Um, I mean, Starber, um, I think we should commented. do it now and then see if uh, it might change, but let me, let me go down. I mean, well, to be honest, I can tell you he's probably going to be top. Let's have a look. Are they they're ahead of us, aren't they? Australians, yeah. It was a bit of a glitch last week with Wustab. Um he uh he commented on my Strava saying he uploaded um a manual upload and it skewed the numbers. Should I just do that for today? Can I just do a manual upload? No, I actually do it. You're you're only cheating yourself, mate. What if I it walk around the house really hard? Publicity, didn't they? Yeah, um, he did to be fair. Good lad. Anyway, I'm busy trying to get it up. Um, so, um, no yeah. comment. I was waiting for Josh to giggle. Yeah, Connor Dillon is top. 149 miles, Colin. Connor. He must spend some serious money on food. Yeah, he must. And shoes. Mm. Look who's uh, look who's second though. We've got Phil Sesman. 
115. Yeah, what I'll say about Phil's is um, his longest run is only 16 miles. He's done, I know he's obviously separated warm up and cool down, but 20 runs this week. Good. Phil, wow. you need a job, mate. <laughs> there you go. Brady's, only hit, Brady's hit 99.9 <laughs> miles. It's embarrassing, that is. Shame on you, Brady. <laughs> he won't work, he obviously works in K's, doesn't he? Um, what about the ladies? I'm just scrolling down. Luke Harrison, 95 miles. He lives near me. He needs to. I've just messaged them today to tell them to run with me because apparently I can't moan about it when they're doing more miles than me. Um, Jess is also is top again, I think. 83 miles to Jess tyres. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's lots of mileage going on. Josh is down in 24th. Um, oh, he's going to hate that. Yeah. I know. Not even broke the top twenty. Um, I, I need to ask Matt. Can I? Can I challenge Connor? I'd like to see you try. Anyway, six hundred fifty-seven members now, boys. That's not bad. Well, um, we'll roll that right. Um, or yeah. I mean, what is your highest mileage week, Josh? Um, hundred twenty. If you do it Monday to Sunday. Well, yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. else would you do, Dickhead? You can do rolling seven days. Can't no, you, you can't. No, that's a, no, that's it's, no, that's not a week. It's Monday be, to uh, Sunday. Yeah, 120. But yeah, I'm hoping Matt, Matt's going to let me. Well, I hear Matt might let me do a couple of them in Flagstaff. So that's what I'm hoping for. What are you, um, what's your biggest week, Clazy? Um, Probably about 110. Solid. When I was a, a young buck, I've done. I think mine's one. Do you know, I know why he's asked this question because he can get one up on all of us. Well, yeah, I I don't need to get one up on you. I'm just telling you what it is. One forty, um, but still wouldn't touch Connor. Um, I did just quickly see um, last week's leaderboard climbing, or maybe this week's climbing. Third place, Mister Happy. Good guy. I mean, yeah. hopefully he's happy. Anyone know, know Mr. Happy? Yeah, Mr. not happy. you. Mr. Happy, if you're listening. I'm very happy, actually. I think people get the right idea. Um, <laughs> i tell you what, though. I'm, I'm not very happy. I was in um, the little uh, coffee shop. Uh, is it called Pumpkin? The calf? You know, the calves, the chain? The chain, yeah. I had a flat white. I ordered a flat white, and he said, do you want a regular or a large? Oh, mate. I've had, this, I've had this a few I times. I was fuming. Yeah. I was fuming. Yeah, I mean, if you went for a large, uh, you're having a latte, aren't you? Surely. We've had this discussion and we had some listeners message us in trying to tell me differently. I was not having Stop it. Stop giving us that option, please. Yeah. Um, right, patron. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good. It's sort of overwhelmed by how many people want to help us help us out and support the show. Um, so thanks to everyone signing up last week. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the little training episode I did with Jake Smith trying to get him on again tomorrow so we'll try and get that show out to you Monday or Tuesday the stupid thing was I called it Tuesday training talk but did it on a Monday which was useful um, so so yeah anybody who wants to support the show only £2.50 a week to get all that extra content get the show a day early we'll try and think of some other cool benefits um, Clousy's wanting to do a, a naked calendar I think was his suggestion this week. So <laughs> um, that would be nice. 
Um, yeah, head over to patreon.com forward slash inside jogging podcast. For... We could do a Christmas uh, Christmas album and they could all be um, songs, I'll get the trumpet uh, out. with the trumpet out. Yeah. Clarity singing. <laughs> um, Are you on right. the drums? Yeah. Um, Eliza can go on the drums. She's good at that. Um, Clarity, have you got the got it open? Do you want to kick us off with uh, Charlie Kemp? Yes, Charlie Kemp. Thank you, young sir. Charlie is uh, lives near Truro in Cornwall, lovely part of the world. Um, could be from Manchester, a northern boy living in yeah, the south. I am. Um, he follows the likes of you, Clazzy, and um, he also follows like Andy Norman and people. So he must have some connection up there. Some connection. Yeah, it could have been up there a few times. Um, PBs, Charlie, 18, 17, uh, 10K, 36, 47. And 123 for the half. So, quick boy. They're all, they're um, all Strava times, though. Um, I couldn't find any definite. So, I, I think most of those were in one session. So, I'll, we'll give it to him. Definitely give it to him. Why not? Uh, interesting fact, Charlie. Um, he has at least one... Tri- <laughs> this is a fantastic fact. So, he has one child born around September time. And has, and has Bobby the Staffy. So there you go. Um, he's also captain of a football team uh, that play in black and white. Yeah. So, Charlie, yeah. thank you very much. I don't know if he's ca- he had captain armband on in one picture. Um, nice little black and white kit. It was actually a similar kit to the team I used to play for growing up called Woodbridge Town. So I liked it. Solid kit. Um, but yeah, thanks for, thanks for that, Charlie. Uh, Josh, have you... I've had to change yours this morning because yeah. the one you originally had was your mate who doesn't listen. So um Yeah. We'll give him a little, we'll give him a, a one second shout out. So my mate who, who I play Call of Duty with just signed up to Patreon. He doesn't even listen. Solid. <laughs> Good old boy. But um yeah. Do you want to say his name what? or is that it? Sam Sam Jones. Could be half of Wales, that could be. So yeah. uh, he's not Welsh, but there we go. Um I'm gonna yeah, my pronunciation might not be too great here. Is it Lackey? Yeah, I think so. Is that right? Uh Hillis. If we're in brackets, um, Flagan. Yeah, well, his Instagram has that in brackets, so I don't know if he's just changed his surname recently, but fair enough. Who knows? Um, so he's from possibly Edinburgh, was from Adelaide. We've got PB's 5k 1736, uh, 1738, 10k 36 23, half 12119, and a full marathon of 259.42. So he's just snuck under the three hour mark. I th- what do you say about those PBs? What's the best one? Uh, I have to think about that now. Probably the 5K? Yeah, 5K is pretty quick, I'd say. I'll tell you what, though. What we need to do is get Charlie and Lackey in a race. So that'll be pretty competitive, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> your facts are great. Go on, carry on. <laughs> oh, no. So I'm reading these. I haven't proofread it. Interesting fact. Maybe has a little brown dog. Wears socks over his gloves. I actually rate that. Um, good little tr- uh, trick if you go skiing sometimes in the cold. Uh, possible, possibly also a cricketer and a fast bowler. Very good. Um, my knowledge of dogs is very poor, so he had a picture of a dog in his Strava. Um, yeah, you might be able to tell me its breed, but I just call it a little brown dog. Um, but yeah, yeah. Thanks, Lucky. He actually messaged, I think, a few weeks ago. Um, I think he's also a student, so good man for supporting the show as a student. Um, yeah. Thanks. So, yeah, mine is... Student finance. 
Mine's uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. What are they called? I can't I remember. Now. I'm still paying I, mine off. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. As I just see it come out of my my wage each each month. Um, Wayne Goodlake. Uh, I think he's from Milton Keynes. He's got PBs again. These may be from no. I think they're from his Instagram. 44, 48, 10k, one thirty-five oh nine for the half, and a three thirty-five marathon. He does a lot of trail running. Um, so he's also got a four-ish hour trail marathon PB, which is pretty decent. Um, he sometimes wears Solomon kit, which um, as a trail runner, I suppose you do. He says he's got dreams of breaking three thirty um, for the marathon, and I'm pretty sure he'll do that if he if he just um, finds a nice fast fast marathon somewhere. I'm um, pretty limited on on facts for you, Wayne. So um, you need to give me some more Instagram pictures. I've just got a few pictures of your bibs and um, a picture of you in Mercia. So he sometimes goes on holiday to Spain. But but thanks for your support, Wayne. Um, and yeah, thanks for all the all the patrons. We'll we'll read out a few more next week. I forgot to mention we'd had some um some coffee. We have a this coffee thing where you can support the show and just sort of pay us by PayPal. Um, so some coffee legends. I forgot to mention last week. Dave Craig is a is a big one. Um, I said to Dave that I'd buy some beers so we could drink them on the show. I've not got around to that yet. So one show, we'll do that. Um, in Dave's honour. And um, Rich Holder, he binged every episode, um, which must have been a tough listen to to hear me moan for sort of multiple hours on end. Um, and Carl Doherty, he loves Clousy's dulcet tones on a six a.m. morning run. So Clousy, you're doing it for some people. There you um, go. That sounded stupid. What does that word mean? Dulcet tones, yeah. like soft tones. I thought you were like an I thought you were like a musician or something. Um, yeah, I'm not an English teacher we could gather that um right let's go into these list of questions quickly um i'll kick us off with scott burrell who's just become a patron and this is probably for you josh scott says list lots of these running vloggers on youtube seem to think that zoom x in the vaporfly 2 isn't as springy as the vaporfly 1 uh mainly for josh as i know he's a night fanboy and it's around both if you only had access to vaporfly 1 or vaporfly 2 would you choose what one would you choose and why oh so actually i've heard this as well and i haven't done any scientific tests but um that doesn't surprise me (laughs) it's quite hard for me to tell because i haven't run in the ones in a while but i ran my pbs i run pretty much in the one so if i could pick and i've actually heard a different in each colorway as well to an extent so it's where where they're made isn't it i I really don't know some are made in vietnam and some are made in china or something yeah, no, 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 that that kind of I guess makes sense. Um, if I could pick, I'd probably go to the OG green ones, um, purely just because I ran my PBs in them. Interesting. I'd actually go just back to the four percent. I love the four percent, flying it ones. They're all right for sessions, but any any thoughts, Clarity? I mean, listen, we the the, the shoe technology now. We're just getting we're just getting too bloody picky. I mean, even the the version twos, version ones, whatever, they're still better than what we used to have. So, yeah, just crack on in it. Fair enough. Um, but I do agree that the the version two are firmer. 
Uh, Clarity, next question. Have you got it in front of you? Or do you want me to read it for you? Uh, I've got it. Uh, which, this comes in from Scott Cousins. Which races have you treated? Which races have you treated? That's me. Which Mike. races? Your sense is this, this doesn't make I any think, sense. I, I, think I, I'll copy, make, I think I've copied and pasted from Instagram, to be fair. No, it's fine. I'll make, I'll, I'll make sure it makes sense. So which races have you treated? Which um, races have treated you the best? Treat, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> which races have treated you the best? Um, a nice race hotel or full buffet after race? Um, For me, uh, this one's easy. Go then. London Marathon, Josh. By far. Yeah, they do look after you at London Please Marathon. Like royalty. Any, any one for you, Clarity? Um, Berlin look after you really well um, to be fair but I'd say London marathon events are very good to you they do really do take care of you yeah I mean I think that's a, a given with such a, a big event they do support you very well um, however I will go with Armar 5k back in the day Armar used to be probably the best for for putting up athletes I think they they almost put up every athlete that was running at one point um for free of charge and always supported you for that pre-race dinner or po- yeah pre and post-race dinner. I remember having a, a roast dinner one year about six hours before the race, which is always good. Um, and yeah, there's usually plenty of beer involved afterwards, isn't there? Um, so yeah, I'll go for Armar 5k and Scott's a pretty rapid runner. So um, he should be going to a few of those soon. I think he just ran it's just behind you, Josh, at Reading, I think. Um, Josh, you got a question? Yeah. Um, so why do I wear no socks with vaporize? And so this from- uh, let me just clarify this. I put it on <laughs> I put it on Instagram and I got an answer from our listeners. Um, yeah, the wrong answer. 86% of them said you should wear socks with um with your vapor flies. And that 86% is about 250 people. So there's a big response on it. Yeah. So that's probably what about hundred, no, probably about 210 people that are wrong. So well done guys. Um, so that that's from Kobe Beltran. So Kobe's a, a young lad from Cardiff. Um, used to see him running in the morning, very disciplined. I must say, um, why do I not wear socks? Uh, so I I never used to wear spikes, and then I actually forgot to wear socks. I forgot to take socks to the Great North Run, and I didn't wear them that day. I ran really quick, and then I've kind of just carried on since then, really. But you do, I do put a little bit of Vaseline on my feet, um, which can get a little bit disgusting after you've worn them a few times. But yeah, I quite like it to be honest. Surely they stink. You just buy a new pair. <laughs> Solid. Well, there you go, Kobe. Um, I'll just do this last question. I don't know, know if we've actually got any answers because we're not medical people, but it came from Chris yeah, Thomas. This, this one did worry me a little bit. Huge shout out to you, boys. I recently started to come back to running after cardiac arrest. I was running 20 minutes for 5Ks and I'm now 24 minutes for 5Ks, chipping away when the cardiologist allows me. I have a defib fitted and take beta blockers. Do you boys have any suggestions for for sessions that will allow me to fine tune from 24 minutes back to 20 minutes without absolutely caning the paces in the sessions? Is it a case of just running miles and getting base miles in? All I'd say, Chris, is um, you'd 
I think you should be proud to get back to 24 minutes after such like a serious thing. Like I wouldn't go chasing stuff you've done previously, just sort of give it time. And if it happens, it happens great, but I wouldn't certainly push for it if it's, if it's an effort and yeah, maybe you're not allowed. I don't know what you're allowed to do, but um, I, I do. There, there probably is some low intensity sessions. I mean, I don't, I don't know what low intensity is for you, but maybe you could do some threshold sessions that will help you, you know, work on that 5k, but not, you know, red line you, but do them, do them sensibly off a, a heart rate monitor and follow your, your sort of cardiologist's advice really is what I'd say. I, don't yeah, think I was more. somewhat <laughs> reluctant to, uh, I was going to say, I was somewhat reluctant to sort of give advice because yeah, I'm probably not the person to, uh, give to that but yeah um yeah i'd say i'd say like aaron said is just um keep getting advice off um your cardiologist as far as what you can and can't do and judge everything off heart rate so i definitely if you've not already invested in a heart rate strap um use that as a guide um not doing anything too strenuous where you're really um spiking your heart rate um trying to keep something under that sort of threshold and I'm sure you'll get back to that 20 minute. Um, just enjoy it and be sensible. I mean, as you say, like the main thing your is you're running. Your number one priority. You're, so. you're running again. So just, yeah, enjoy it. Um, right. Let's quit. We're going to quickly go for some news. I know you need to go in a sec, Clousey. Um, NCAs were yesterday. Josh, I know you watched them, um, but you have no knowledge of anybody. So I will say a few people. I just quickly found the results. Um, in the, the women's 6K, uh, Bella Williams, this is Division 1, Bella Williams was the first Brit home in 51st, Lincoln Wellington girl. Um, and in the men's, we had four, four men inside the top 100. Fourth was Charles Hicks of uh, Shelfrey Barnett, who's, who's based in the States. Scott Beattie, I think of Morpeth, I think he's Scottish, was 58. Rory Leonard was 79th, also of Morpeth. Um, and Isaac Akers, who's from near me and Corby, was 86. Josh, any comments from watching the race? How did it go down? Cross country on that course is like a road race. That was oh. my first thought. It looked perfect. There was a trail section as well, wasn't oh, there? Like unbelievable. It was uh, apparently it was crushed um crushed shells or something. Um yeah, it looked I think the men they ran the first mile in 421, 421 or 422. But ridiculous. Um yeah, no. It, it, do you know what? I would love to do that one day. But um, yeah, that was kind of my 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 main thoughts was on the course. But the race, the the girls' race. I think you're, um, I think you're a, bit old, a bit old now, mate, to be doing it, and you kind of need to be at an American university, which off your yeah. IQ level <laughs> you ain't getting into. Okay, is it is it men and women or boy and girl? It's got to be boy, uh, men and women, right? Um, so in the women's race, boys they, uh... and girls. <laughs> I don't know how young they the are. The guy who won was twenty-five, <laughs> twenty-four, I think. Oh, sorry, yeah. Okay, in the women's race, yeah, it was it was a bit more. I wouldn't say tactical, but it was there was less of a break early on. Um, it was literally like five hundred meters, and they there was a kind of a hill with about five hundred meters to go, and uh, the winner, um, Whitney Orton, pushed away, and she was she looked like she was absolutely rolling that last sort of four hundred meters. Uh, and in the men's race, they, there was a bit of a smaller group that got away a little bit earlier, um, and uh, I, I'm not hundred percent sure of the names of second and third, but it there was a little bit of an effort from the guy 
finished third. Um, but uh, Connor Mance, yeah, he, he smashed him with about 300 to go. So impressive. I, I think he won last year as well, didn't he? Yeah, first uh, American repeat since Bob Kennedy, I think. Um, but yeah, I, there, there was obviously some other results this weekend. We're recording now. We're finishing at half 12. No other real results have come in. Um, so I think we'll recap the rest of them next week. I know there's Midland Seven Mile Championships, which George Beardmore took the win and Martha Coyle, but so I'll give them a quick shout out. But yeah, let's wrap. Um, Clazzy, what are you up to next week? Um, yeah, just getting ready for uh, the weekend, actually. I'll probably do another session um, middle of the week. But um, yeah, and then Wimslow on Sunday. Wimslow, 10K, 10K, isn't it? Yeah, yeah 10K. <laughs> Um, Josh, same to you. What are you up to? Uh, I'm about to go and sign up to a gym membership because it's 15 quid to go for once. So I was like, wow, oh, it's 55 pounds for a month. So we pay 55 quid to use the gym for a month because I've been, I want to say slacking, but I missed a gym session last week. So, um, yeah, I want to do that. And then I'm probably going to go down to London next weekend, do a session with uh, Callan. That's probably it, really. Not much. I don't, I'm not really doing much else other than running at the moment. So, why are you going all the way to London to do a session? Because no one here does one. Why do you need to do it with somebody? <laughs> uh, I just want—I just want to run with people. So yeah, I'm probably gonna. Oh, and that's quite a good opportunity actually. If anyone's got a spare room in London that wants to rent it out, feel free to drop me a message. Yeah, if you want. Great, this I'm a great person to live with. Yeah, um, sure. Um, Debatable. Aaron, what are you up to next week? Thank you, Matt. I'm glad you Thanks say this every week, Matt, because I always uh, forget. I am busy trying to um, juggle childcare and, and running as, as normal. Um, Jenny's got a lot of work with the crown before Christmas. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of messing, me, messing my schedules up a bit. Um, but, yeah, um, hopefully I'll get Friday off and we can go pick the Christmas tree. That'll be good. Um, Going to go tag it so, and then pick it up week of um maybe fourth fifth so any 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 listeners worrying that i'm too early i'm just tagging the tree making sure i get the best one it's a vital part um but yeah um i just uh, i just have a fake one mate just for the yeah, environment isn't it? all the real surely a real one's better for the environment than a fake one you just know mate because you keep chopping trees down that's not what we want to be doing sustainable trees preserve mate. sustainable trees I go to a nice little local tree farm for it, mate. Um, been doing so for the last 10 years. Don't want to put those out of business. Whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got an interview with Charlie Perdue coming up. Um, she talks all about London Marathon and her, her next race, which is um, exciting, a big race in the summer. So have a listen to that. And then we've got Rose Harvey on next week. Um, so yeah, trying to get some, some good female interviews lined up, um, because that's what you've been asking for. Any other, you know, questions or, or thoughts, drop us a line on, on Instagram or, um, yeah, probably best on Instagram. And in the meantime, Klaus is going to come up with some, some big ideas for you guys. He's, um, he's already got his calendar thing posed, so we'll see what else he comes up with next week, but yeah, chat to you boys next week. Have a good week, guys. Cheers, boys.
This week's interview um, was the first British female finisher home at London Marathon in October, running 2.23, and in doing so, becoming the third fastest British female run- marathon runner of all time. That's quite a mouthful, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Third third of all time, anyway. She had a decorated junior career over cross-country and track. She won the under-20 European champs in 2010. I mean, just interrupt if I get anything wrong, because there'll be plenty wrong. After going to the Commonwealth Games in India for the five and 10,000. Um, actually, that was at a time when she was still an under-20 athlete and she went to the, the senior champs in 2010. Since moving to the roads in, in around 2014, she's always shown potential to run a, a super fast marathon. So we were delighted to see it all come together in London this year when she finished in 10th position overall. She's got PBs of 15.23 for the 5,000, 32.03 for the 10,000. 6808 for the half and 223 for the full. Um, welcome to the show, Charlotte Perdue. How's things? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Did I get it all correct? <laughs> yeah, you got it all correct. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I amount of times get these things wrong. Um, the problem is you go on to like world athletics and they always get stuff wrong. So I cross check it <laughs> with power of 10, but then some stuff isn't there. I think when I was, I was interviewing Phil Sessman a few weeks ago and he, um, his time wasn't even on the power of 10. Really? So I was like, yeah, stumbled at the, the first bit. Anyway, let's um, let's kick off with London Marathon. Because yeah. um, after the disappointment of, of missing out on the Olympic Games, it must have, been, must have felt good to sort of perform like you did on the day. Yeah, it was uh, good to actually just run a marathon, to be honest, because it had been two and a half years since my last one. So I feel like... Um, yeah, it was kind of like, am I still a marathon runner? I haven't run one for two and a half years. It didn't feel like that long to me, but it was 20, two and a half. So for, for your, your last one was 2019. Yeah. Because um, we were in Font Rameau. When was that? Was that that year or was it the year before? Uh, Must have been the year before because you missed that one. Yeah, I missed the 2018 one. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that does seem like a long time ago. Um, yeah. And so, then obviously, yeah, so I hadn't run one since 2019 fully. So it felt like a long time. Um, so I was just excited to to do another one, to be honest. Um, so when it went well, it was, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you go into the race expecting to to run that sort of time or did you just uh, it on the day? Based on training, I thought I could run that time. Um, obviously, the weather was a big factor and I was quite worried about that the week of the race because it looks like the wind was going to be real strong in the last in the second half. And it wasn't as bad as it was forecast, which we were really lucky about, to be honest, because, yeah, that could have been, yeah, that could have been like a few minutes slower even. Yeah. Um, so that was lucky. But, yeah, based on training, I thought I could run around that time. Um, obviously, it depends on the day. So much can go wrong, but... I thought, yeah, if I had a good day, that I could run that. Because I was stood at, I think, miles 15 and 20-ish. And um, I think you went through mile 15 a bit of a way ahead of Sinead, who'd, st- who'd started off next to you. Um, yeah. And then at mile 20, you were pretty much all on your own. But as you say, the wind, it was a fact. It did get worse later in the day, I think, for, for the men. And then for the people running over three hours it must have been horrific because it picked up a lot didn't it but yeah but yeah um it was still pretty I'd say it was pretty tough for you guys in the last 10k too so to run yeah 223 26 um yeah must have felt <laughs> felt nice after all the years of of nearly getting there and then yeah finally 
finally pulling it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a good day in the end. <laughs> so let's go back to the Olympics. Um, I'll try not to get you in any trouble, try not to say anything that maybe we shouldn't do. But um, yeah, so you weren't selected for the Olympics despite, I think, were you the second quickest on paper? Yeah, second um, quickest. Yeah, there was a 10 second difference as well between myself and Jess. Yeah, so so Steph got the auto qualifier, so that's that's fair enough. And then, then, yeah. then you were the next quickest. Um, so did they give you any reasoning for for why they didn't select you, or you know, because you didn't run the trials, but yeah, neither did a couple, neither the, did other the others. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They told they said in the meeting. I saw the meeting notes after, and it said that I was too high risk of injury. Um, so that's was their reasoning behind the non-selection but all obviously the other two that were selected also missed the trials due to um uh medical reasons um so it's kind of stupid to not select one athlete on yeah medical saying that they're too high risk of an injury when the other two that they did select also missed the trials due to that so surely everyone's a high injury risk but I mean I've had a lot of injuries in my career but I wouldn't say I was more high injury risk than any of the others to be honest yeah and it's I suppose I, I don't know how you can say that unless that that person making that decision is sort of assessed you all and knows all your medical history it's a, an odd decision to make but um, I think what surprised me and a few others was had they given you any indication like did they tell you needed to run the trials or what they um, said beforehand yeah, I actually had a meeting with uh, British Athletics beforehand and I went up to Loughborough as well for to meet the um, chief medical officer. Um, and yeah, I was basically advised not to run the trials due to the fact that I would have had to rush my comeback from my injury. And they said that it would be more beneficial for me to target coming back for the Olympics and not to rush doing a marathon for the trials when the Olympics is more important. And yeah. so I should focus on that. So the way it was worded and everything, my me and my coach decided, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people really high up in British athletics and they told me to miss the trials basically. Um, so it was, that's why I felt like I said in the media, I've been thrown under a bus because, you know, they tell you to do one thing and then someone else in the meeting says you're high injury risk and that you shouldn't be selected. But um I felt like, yeah, I'd been advised not to do the trials. Had I not been advised not to do it, I might have rolled the dice and run the trials because, you know, I my my goal would have been to finish in the top three because I already had the time. Um, yeah. I think second place was 2.30. Um, so, I mean, I wasn't 100% fit at the time, but I was running and I ran 90 minutes on that day of the trial. So I would have liked to have had a chance to roll the dice. But, you know, if I'd have been told it was if you don't run the trial you won't be selected I would have run the trial because I would have liked to give myself the chance um it was a a bit gutting to be honest (laughs) yeah it's that transparency and sort of lack of communication that's happened a few times now it's just a shame that that keeps happening and it you know when it affects somebody you know like yourself who's got the time and has shown potential and yeah it's it's very bizarre decision and it mm, yeah it's sort (laughs) of yeah a massive shame for you but a shame for the rest of us watching who want to see see our best athletes there and um performing well so 
Anyway, we'll, we'll not dwell on it too much, but I presume <laughs> it's fueled the fire for like future champs. And um, yeah, what's next? Yeah, I mean, uh, it worked out well actually in the end because I do love running at London Marathon. So I felt kind of, you know, I wouldn't have probably run as well at London Marathon if I'd have done it anyway, um, if I'd have done the Olympics. So um, for me, like running well at London Marathon is equal to going to the Olympics. I honestly felt like that was a great day. Um, what's next? I actually don't know. So I've got, I've been obviously also qualified now for the world champs next year, but definitely. Well, I haven't heard anything, <laughs> but I mean, I read the uh, selection and it says I'm auto qualified, but honestly, I have had no communication about that. So I think I'm auto qualified. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, um, Commonwealth and someone actually from England Athletics reached out to me about the Commonwealth Games. So technically, I'm more qualified for that, I reckon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then there's the European champs as well. So I've got to decide really which one would be best to do because you can't really run all three. Um, I did think about doing two of the three, but my coach is like, obviously not keen on that because it would be like a 10 day turnaround between marathons. Um, yeah, that's that's not, it's not very long. I mean, it would be a bit crazy, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. I've, I've heard a few other, especially Australians, talk about it. And you'll probably know, like, Sinead and Ellie Pashley have talked about it. Um, and I think they might be targeting the commies because because the world is in Oregon and it could be warm. Yeah. Um, is that a factor in your decision? Are you, are you wanting to, after <laughs> what was Doha and all of those, you know, I mean, it's not going to be as hot as Doha, you'd hope, but it could yeah. be warm. Um, so, yeah. Is that a factor in your decision-making? Well, I saw the start time 6am. So um, even okay. if it is warm, like starting at six, would prob- it wouldn't be as warm. And also I think like the Europeans are in Germany also could be warm, depending on the start time, I don't know. And then the commies in Birmingham, like it's in July. So, you know, we could have a, last year we did have a couple yeah. of really hot days. So I think that doesn't really come in to it for me this time because yeah nothing can be as bad as Doha so I'm prepared um <laughs> uh yeah I know they um Sinead said she wanted to target the commies because she hasn't been before um but for me I have actually been to the commies before and finished fourth in the 10k yeah. so I have got that ticked off so it's really just down to which one I think I can perform best at I reckon um yeah. so let's, yeah. let's talk about Doha um <laughs> what what was it like in those conditions like standing on the start line what was going through your head it was like if you can imagine going into a steam room and trying to run it was like that it was just it was so hot that um you can't even imagine like what it's like it's not like England when it's a really hot day it's like so hot that it's just like laughable like honestly it was so hot it was um yeah it was 37 degrees and obviously at midnight and it was dark and we're just standing on the start line and I was just like sweating I didn't warm up at all I didn't do anything um just stood on the start line and everyone was just throwing water and ice over the head like and I was just thinking like geez I've got to run obviously I knew I had to run a marathon in this but it was yeah when I got there it was actually like the realization of it I think think on paper you think like 37 degrees oh I don't know I thought it wouldn't be as bad as it was but when I actually got there and tried to run um two days before I tried to do an 8k run and I only lasted 6k and I had to walk back because I felt dizzy and sick and I was just like this is 
and that's after doing heat training in Dubai um, yeah. 10 days before it was just like nothing could prepare you for that um, the, the feeling of it so it was really hard um, to prepare for and yeah it was it was tough <laughs> yeah I don't think any you know despite how much sort of um sort of heat training you do British people probably aren't made for 37 <laughs> degrees heat. no I, I tried I, I mean not. yeah I did heat training as well at, in a heat chamber before and it was just completely different it was just not the same it was more the humidity to be honest like yeah um because obviously there was no sunlight so it was just the humidity it was like running in a steam room is all I can describe it as <laughs> Well, I've heard, um, I actually saw something yesterday about British people and their, their sweat their sweat rate is higher than, say, people from Australia who are used to the sun. So let's just blame really? them for being British. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone's different, but but yeah. Um, I actually remember seeing your boyfriend, Adam Clark's um, Instagram and my friend Lloyd was out there as well. With oh, you. yeah. And they were sort of running alongside trying to watch you. And I think they were finding it hard to jog alongside. So, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so Adam and Lloyd came out to watch and their coach, um, Jeff, he told them just to run on the treadmill while they were there because obviously the weather was so bad, like they should just run in the hotel on the treadmill. But Adam was like, no, nah, I want to experience it. So I think like the day after my race, him and Lloyd went out for a run and they were yeah. aiming to do 30 minutes and they had to stop at 20 minutes and um, Adam had to go and rescue Lloyd because like honestly they couldn't run outside and Adam was like geez I don't know how you did it because yeah. I, I only ran for an hour but they only lasted 30 minutes so <laughs> yeah at least you got that over them um yeah. <laughs> let's roll back the years a bit to a, a young Charlie Perdue um how did you get into the sport I actually saw on your um I think it's on your power of 10 that it says you've got a grade five in ballet so yeah I'm impressed about that too thanks uh yeah I just um I did ballet when I was younger and like all dancing. And then um, when I went to secondary school, I started running. Um, basically just did the school cross country and then I uh, represented my school at the districts. And my first coach, Mick, was there watching some runners and he uh, came over to me at the end and basically told me to join the running club, um, Aldershot. Uh, so I went down to Aldershot and yeah, I just enjoyed it. It was more like social at the start where I just enjoyed going to the competitions at the weekend and just hanging out with my friends um and yeah it probably took me about two years of doing that till I actually won a race and then I think yeah I went to English schools the first time cross country and came like 60th and then the next year I went and came 30th and then the next year I actually won so it took me like it was a progression but I just enjoyed it at first and I didn't really yeah I didn't expect too much from myself when I joined started running it was just for fun um but then once I actually yeah I guess won the English schools and represented England in the cross country I think that's when I thought that I was actually quite good at it <laughs> um yeah yeah you had a pretty successful team down at Oldershot I think um there's plenty of girls around your era uh was Lily Lily's your age group is she yeah or around there and yeah, I always remember like relays and things. You you could almost have an A and B team at the front of races. So it must have been yeah. good to sort of have other girls of a similar sort of ability to train with every every week. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was obviously pretty competitive. Like if you had a bad session, you <laughs> you knew about it. Um, so I look back now and I think 
like there was it was very competitive at Aldershot I've even... heard some crazy stories about warm-ups and things <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean like, yeah literally as soon as we started running everything was a race so like even the warm-up like, I was probably about 6 30 pace on my warm-up age 13 um so I that can't was... that now age <laughs> I know me either <laughs> I look back and I think like geez I don't know how I did that I'd just get out of the car and run like 6 30 pace and the long runs as well were like we would do this loop it was 75 minutes and every time we would try and beat the time that we did the week before and uh, it was just so competitive but obviously it was good because we got results but then it just it was a very competitive environment um so I don't know which way you want to look at that it's either you can look at it as good because we got the results but then obviously yeah I, I got a lot of injuries as well as a junior um probably from that <laughs> yeah so what was the sort of mileage you would doing this a sort of 15 16 year old yeah I was running about 85 to 90 when I was 15 I did like double runs before school as well twice wow. a week um yeah so I was doing a lot three sessions um yeah <laughs> yeah tough training but yeah, yeah. As you say, it got results but um just balancing that with with the injuries but you you made the transition to Nick Badeau in in 2014 yeah um well, that's what Power 10 tells me anyway. So <laughs> yeah. how, how did that come about? Obviously, Nick's uh, based in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, how did that transition come about? Yeah, so uh, when I went to the Commonwealth Games in 2010, um, I met Eloise Wellings, who um, is Australian and she's coached by Nick. And, she just, and did, she just did London with you, didn't she, as well? Yeah, she did. And we were both in the 10K and the 5K. And um, I met her there and got chatting to her. And then, yeah, basically, obviously, I went to St. Mary's and Nick has a house in Teddington and his group come over every year and base themselves in Teddington. Um, so I'd see them there in the summer. And then Andy Vernon was also coached by um, Nick Bado at the time. Um, so I was kind of looking for a new coach. And, yeah, I reached out to Eloise and asked for some advice and, um she was like oh why don't you you know message Nick and then I spoke to Andy Vernon and he was like yeah you should message Nick so I messaged him and uh, just asked if he would coach me and he said um yeah you'd have to come over to Australia and we don't know if it would work out you know just kind of come along to training and meet the group and see if it works and so that's what I did and yeah it worked out pretty well um so yeah that's how it came about really. So you um quite often most winters would go over to Australia obviously yeah. that's pretty difficult at the moment when nobody can get in and out of their country so <laughs> are you hoping to get out there um well as soon as restrictions completely ease yeah I'm actually like trying to get out there um Nick's trying to sort it out um because they are allowing some people in now so I think um because I'm obviously a professional athlete I might be able to get over um through that way uh based on the fact that it's like my job and I run with Melbourne Track Club so we're trying to get in that way um so fingers crossed I'll be able to get over there in like late December or January but yeah I usually go over there every winter for like three months and it works well just because got the group to train with and Nick's obviously there and it's just better than being in England running by myself <laughs> um yeah so hopefully I'll be able to get over there this year or early next year because the group wise um Sinead's in the group is yeah. Eloise still in that group there 
yeah Eloise is she lives in Sydney so um she but she comes over we usually do a training camp in Falls Creek um which is altitude um in January and she usually comes over for that as well um and then yeah there's obviously a lot of Australians in the group um I think yeah there's only myself and Susan uh Crummins who are in the group from Europe now um but yeah she's gonna go over as well so it'll be good to train with her nice so um when you're back here in in london you based near windsor park is that yeah yeah we just got a house in uh like in between ascot and windsor um so me and adam run in windsor great park every day pretty much except when we do like workouts we go to teddington um adam has his group that train there and i kind of tag along with them um i'm just by myself but at least I have people to like warm up with and uh, cool down with and occasionally try and keep up with the boys in the group. <laughs> and at least there's a few people like running around the track so you don't feel completely alone. Exactly. It's just more, yeah, like obviously Adam's going going up then. He has he has a good group. So um, yeah, like occasionally I would try and tag on with them. Um, but it's good to have, yeah, people to warm up with and stuff as well. And on the note of Adam, Josh... Um... Josh sent me a message earlier, my, my co-host Josh, he said, um, what's it like living with Clarkie? <laughs> yeah, it's good. He's uh, obviously got a lot of energy, so uh, <laughs> no, it's good. Keeps you entertained. Um, he does, yeah. Yeah, it's good to have him to run with as well, especially now he's doing longer stuff. Um, so on a long run, he's sometimes running longer than me now, which is very strange because I used to be the one that always ran longer than him. Um, but yeah, it's good to have him to run with pretty much every day so yeah after G'day chicked him at the half marathon (laughs) is he not scared that you're gonna do the same to him in the future yeah well um up until I think he ran Copenhagen yeah I don't know what his half time oh no he did the big half but up until the big half I actually did have a faster um, almost a faster PV than him because he ran at Hastings was his first one and he um yeah, I think he ran like 67.50 so he was or something like that so he was I actually don't know what he ran but he was worried that I was going to run faster than him but now definitely no chance I'm going to run 63 or so yeah well let's see if he can beat 223 when he eventually <laughs> up. Um, I mean I hope he does but <laughs> we'll see um so let's go into your training a bit um typical marathon block what does that sort of look like for you um you've mentioned usually you'd go to Falls Creek um, and that's what over Christmas January time but if you're doing an April marathon how long should build up into it what does it sort of look like yeah we only do a I'd say eight week build up um, for a marathon we don't typically do that long Nick doesn't think that I need to do like longer than eight weeks because he says I get too tired and peak too early. Um, so now we only do an eight week build up. So um, I'd say eight weeks where we do like one marathon session a week and the long run obviously goes over two hours. But before that I do um, just like 10K training um, and two sessions a week and the long runs only maximum two hours. Um, but yeah, in the marathon build up, it's like eight weeks of one. I do one marathon session a week, one 10K kind of session a week. And then the long run goes up to two hours 30. Although this build up before London, I only went up to two hours 30 once. And the rest of my runs were like 2.15 or um, two hours. I didn't actually do that many long runs this time around. 
Um, are, those, are those long runs pretty quick or what what are they in like relation to marathon pace? Um, so he never Nick never sets a pace for the long run. So he basically just tells me to run whatever pace. So sometimes I'll run them quick um, based on feel. And sometimes if I'm more tired, I'll just run a bit slower. But to be honest, like most of the time I do run my runs pretty quick, just generally. I've always done it since I was younger. So, um, yeah, but they're not like ridiculous pace, like tempo pace. They're just like a quick run. Um, I work in K's now, obviously, because Nick's Australian and I got used to doing K's. So I guess on a long run, I'd average like four minute K's. Okay. so that's like 620. 6.20, yeah. So it's not like ridiculous pace, but it's not like really slow either. Um, but that will be, yeah, that will be probably my average pace for the two hour run. Um, yeah, that's like a, it's like a minute, a minute mile slower than your, your marathon yeah. pace. So, yeah. It feels pretty easy running at that pace um, for me, to be honest. Obviously, if I'm running on a lot of hills, it will be slower. But if I'm running completely flat, then it might be a bit faster. Um, but yeah, I don't really pay attention to the pace on a long run. He never sets it. We just, he just says whatever, whatever pace. <laughs> cool. And um, mileage wise, yeah. What, what's what are you peaking at in that build up? So just before London, this time around is actually my lowest mileage I've done for a marathon. So I did about ninety five miles. Um, my max was I think one hundred and five. Um, but be- previously I've gone up to one twenty um for other marathon build-ups but this time around we did lower um Nick really didn't want me to get injured because he obviously wanted me to make the start line and run well so we did less mileage this time around I did a bit of cross training as well um so I yeah dropped a couple of double runs in the week and did some cross training instead on some other days and uh yeah I'd say probably averaged about 95 for the build-up this time around yeah, because that's what I was going to ask. What did you do differently? So cross training, I've just been speaking to Jake about cross training, actually. He, he yeah. smashes his elliptical. So <laughs> what, are you on the elliptical or bike or pull? Uh, a, bit, uh, a bit of both, to be honest, elliptical or bike. Um, so I have both in the house. Uh, I have a watt bike and a cross trainer, which we bought. Um, so just whatever I feel like. And yeah, I'll do it at that instead of double running. Um, and then say, for example, I did a, hard marathon session on a Friday and I woke up Saturday and my legs were really sore then I'll just do cross training and do like an easy run in the afternoon um so I was pretty flexible about it to be honest um and I actually found that I felt a lot better doing that um there was times where I was like oh I don't want to cross train I just want to do a double run but then I was like no I don't want to get injured I want to make the start line so I just basically this time around I didn't take any risks with injury whereas back in 2019 um I was running before Doha I was running like 120 miles a week and I was taking a lot of risks um because I I'd had a year of no injuries so I was like well this is the time to roll the dice um I'm gonna try and do like really good sessions and mileage so I was yeah I was doing a lot in 2019 and obviously I ran well Great North Run um and I was actually in really good shape for Doha um so I think yeah, there's been two approaches really. One where I've done high mileage. Um, and I'd say in Doha, if it had been not hot and, you know, I, I would have run really well. Um, but in London, obviously I did less mileage and wasn't taking as many risks, but I also ran pretty well. So yeah, I don't know which one works best. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I, I listened to Jess, Trengrove, Stenson, whatever. Yeah. Which one is it? Is it Stenson now? Stenson, yeah. Yeah. She um she also did a lot of cross training because of injuries and obviously ran her best like a PB performance in in Perth or wherever. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting that sort of cross training, you know, can sort of replace those double runs sometimes. And I think for someone like you as well, who's done years of mileage, you're not gonna lose that history. So yeah, sort of um yeah, maybe do slightly less now, but yeah, just make it less risk risk free i suppose but um but yeah obviously obviously worked for you for london because yeah you were super close to beating uh mara's time i thought you had it uh, <laughs> when i saw it 20 miles and um yeah i mean was that was that an aim to sort of 222 was that like the ultimate aim or did you not put any limits on it uh, no, to be honest, uh, once I went through halfway, I didn't look at my watch after that. Um, so I actually did not know what time I was on for until I crossed the line. Um, my aim was just to get a PB and run as fast as I could. So 223, anything would have been good. 222 would have been good. 224 yeah. would have been fine. Like, honestly, I just wanted to run a PB because after the year that I'd had and obviously not running a marathon for two and a half years, I was like, well, I just need a good performance. So I just wanted to get a PB and uh, back up the 225 that I ran in 2019. So I think um, I would have been happy with any PB, to be honest, on that on London. I think next time I run a marathon, I'd like to roll the dice a bit more because I did feel like pretty good, even with like two miles to go. I felt like I had a lot left in the tank. Um, you know, like sometimes you finish a race and you're like, there's absolutely no way I could run any faster today. I think at London, I felt like pretty good at the end so I think it wasn't the limit so I'd like to next time you know roll the dice a bit more and find out like what I could run but I just wanted to have another good one in the bank um and play it kind of a little bit safe this time around <laughs> yeah because that, that just reminded me you've, you've moved to Adidas now so yeah your first marathon in in yeah. Adidas shoes um yeah. how were they because obviously you're <laughs> used to be a Nike athlete you you wore the vapor flies in the past um and the next percent so so yeah how was that how was the was it the Adios Pro is it too? Adios Pro too yeah so I um I actually really love them I never actually ran a marathon in the next percents um I started off Doha in the next percents but I never obviously finished the race and then in 2019 I wore the first the four percents mm-hmm. um but yeah, I love the Adidas shoes. I found them fine and obviously ran faster in them than the Nike shoes. So um, that means they're pretty good. <laughs> they feel any different, any firmer or? or uh, yeah. I can't remember what Nike shoes feel like now, but. Um, yeah, it's odd, isn't it? You forget. It is weird. I, I didn't find, um, as soon as I put them on, I felt like they're like, these are a good shoe and I loved them. So um, yeah, to be honest, I found completely fine. Yeah. yeah. It's nice that a few other brands have caught up and there's more of a a level playing field between the brands now. So, you know, in the past couple of years ago, it was almost like an advantage to be a Nike athlete, whereas, you know, at least if you're an ASICS athlete or Adidas athlete or Nike, you're sort of, yeah, hopefully now starting on a a more level playing field. Um, The other thing that I'm sure our listeners will want to know is 
it's details of like standout workouts in the build up to the marathon. So is there any like workouts you remember that, I don't know, were particularly hard or went particularly well? Like, yeah, what did a big marathon workout look like? Yeah, so uh, I used the um, the big half and the Great North Run kind of as like workouts this time around. Um, so I didn't taper for them, um, which was interesting um, because the big half, I did actually feel pretty tired. It was my first race in ages as well, um, but I only did like a two day taper for that. So I went, I did an easy run on Friday and Saturday but I did a big session on the Tuesday and I still trained on the Thursday pretty hard. So um, I used those races as workouts, um, which was fun because I got to race. Um, but as soon as the race was finished, I did a second run um, actually on both of those days. And I, I did a big session on the Tuesday following them as well. So I kind of used, yeah, the races as workouts this time around, which, which was good. Um, yeah, was yeah it, a little bit different. Was it big half when did Sam Harrison go out in front of you and you yeah um like pain. a five five oh seven first mile um was, was it you next were you next to um Bradley Goat I don't know if you know Bradley yeah who had his phone he was running along with his phone yeah I didn't actually know that and then at the end Adam was like did you notice you're running next to Brad and I was like no I didn't but Adam texted him in the race and said <laughs> um help Charlotte out for a little bit but apparently he didn't look at it he just had it for music um but no I didn't notice I was running with him but yeah that was cool yeah it, it looked funny on tv because it looked like he was just a, like a, a general jogger but yeah <laughs> fairly decent athlete yeah you know, day and his his dad was obviously national cross-country champion so yeah um <laughs> yeah in terms of sessions like I think I've seen your group and maybe you've said to me that you've done like five by five K in the past or four by five K. Is that still a, a session that you look to do? Yeah, I didn't do that one this time around. The longest session I did was five by four K. Okay. Um, yeah. And that one I did two weeks before London and yeah, I was like smashing the times that I'd run previously for that session. So that's when I knew that I was in like really good shape um that was the yeah the longest session I did the rest of the training was kind of like 10k half marathon training this time around um and then yeah I did obviously the long runs on the Sunday um but yeah Tuesday I'd go on the track sometimes or I'd go in the park other times and we'd do yeah like 8k 8k volume um like 8 by a k or yeah 5 by a mile something like that so yeah like the training wasn't anything um out of the ordinary I guess it was kind of normal it was just for me about getting a couple of long runs in doing a, yeah like a, a longer session once a week and then yeah you obviously use those half marathons as um key workouts and carried on training like through them which was good because I felt like each time I raced I only raced twice before the marathon but I even felt like there was a big progression from them like when I did the big half I felt pretty tired but then when I did the great north run I felt a lot better and after the Great North Run, I felt like I got fitter from doing those two races for London because um, I just carried on training through. So I didn't feel like they interrupted the build up at all, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Um, but I'm going to get specifics out of you. Five by, so five by 4K, what yeah. was the recovery? Was it float? Two minutes. No, no, we don't do a float anymore. So just two minutes, like standing around. Um yeah, obviously I do jog a bit, but yeah. it's not like a float. It's just like two minutes um, 
kind of stand around for a bit and then jog a bit. Because <laughs> that's why I've heard Sinead talk about it and it, that's where it sort of differs from a lot of what people are doing in the UK. A lot of people in the UK do like a cave float, whereas, yeah, yeah I heard Yeah, we did used to do that, um, attain, uh, the float, but he's taken it out now and changed it to um, more like a standing um, recovery. I don't know why, maybe he wants like less volume in the legs. Um, it, are the reps then quicker? Are they sort of close to half marathon pace or? Yeah, um, they are... So again, he does set a pace, but um, so obviously said, told, told me to start a marathon pace. So I would start around marathon pace, but then once I've done like three, the last two, I'll just run as fast as I can. <laughs> it gives you a range and then you just try and beat it. Basically. Pretty much. Yeah. And sometimes he gets annoyed and like, tells me to slow down if he's on the bike, but other times he's kind of like, just rolls with it. Yeah. Basically, if I can finish the session and not get slower each rep, then he's fine about it. But if I start off too hard and get slower each rep, then he gets annoyed at me because he's like, that's not the way to run a session. So once I start off and I know like, oh, I feel pretty good today, then I'll try and pick it up each one. But otherwise, if I feel tired, I'll just aim to get it done and run marathon pace. And then I know that I've done a good session. That's a good session. So from now, um, we obviously talked about the marathons coming up in summer. Um, So is your future all on the road to, or are you going to do any more cross country in the future or is it is that a no now is it just purely roads yeah no I did actually want to do the cross country this year um I thought about doing the European cross um this year but based on the amount of niggles that I had like at the back end of last year um and it's just I want to get like a good winter of training because last year I didn't really have that so um I feel like it's it is a risk to do something different and I don't know I just want to build up like a good base this winter and then um yeah it would have been quite a quick turnaround after London the other thing is like it's so short cross country like 8k is so short (laughs) um so for me like I don't know if I'd run well at 8k or not if it was like 15k for example I'd be like yeah I'm all for it like that's that's good but anything below 10K for me now is is quite short. So I do want to go back to it eventually, one year. But I don't know, not this not this year. Because they talked about changing the distances so they were the same as the men's. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would make, like, nationals, what, 12K? I think we do 12K. Um, I thought it was 15. 15 or maybe that's uh, the South of England cross-country. Used, yeah, it's South England. That's what it used to be. But, yeah, nationals now 12K. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, but there's quite a few people against it, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, when, for young kids, I feel like it needs to be quite short. Yeah, sure. And obviously, um, if men run longer than girls at a young age, I think that that's fine. Um, But once you're adults, I think, I I like the idea of a short course and a long course. You Mm. know how they used to do it at the World Cross? Well, they're doing it at Liverpool, apparently. I spoke to Jake. Doing... Oh, okay but isn't that just for the relay they're doing like a oh, 1k uh, yeah. yeah whereas before they used to do like a, a long course at Nottingham then, yeah yeah and then like a short course and the short course was I don't know maybe like 6 or 8k and the long course was like 10 or 12k and mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea because then you've yeah. got the option um yeah, good. 
and I'd obviously definitely do the longer one but uh <laughs> yeah never never five six k across it's like doing the Mansfield relays isn't it I mean, yeah I used to hate 3K. how short that was and yeah. even like the year that I actually won the European cross it was 3.8k And I just remember it took me so long to get to the front. And then my winning time was like 12 minutes. And I just can't believe that I won that like 12 minute race. (laughs) Now I don't even get warmed up till like 15 minutes into a run or anything. So like running for 12 minutes and that being the race that just, I can't even believe that I ran that. (laughs) Yeah, that's mad. So I suppose ultimately Paris 2024 is the, the aim to, yeah. Yeah get that olympics in um finally. yeah that'd be good <laughs> so um between what we now 2021 so you've got a couple of years between the champs this summer and then is it is it a case of doing some of the the major like london's and new york's or have you not fought, fought that far ahead yeah i think like i obviously want to do a champs next year um I don't know which one yet. And then, yeah, once I decide which one, work around that. Um, but I honestly haven't really made a plan um, up until then. Uh, you've done you've done London, obviously. Yeah. You've done Frankfurt, because I think you were there when I did it one year. Yeah. Um, I, I might. Dro- I think I dropped out that year. And uh, yeah, I did. I had like, I got ill on the morning. I seem to, I remember going back to the hotel and seeing you run past the hotel at like 20 miles. Um, but yeah, you've not done a a Berlin, have you? No. I started Berlin, but I got food poisoning. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I did Frankfurt that year. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was um, like my backup plan. Like literally three weeks later, Nick was like, "Oh, you're in Frankfurt," and I was like, "That's so good," because yeah, I thought that all the training would be wasted. But yeah, um, I haven't done any other majors except for London. Yeah, because we um. We need to move you up to number two all, all time and <laughs> chase Paula's Paula's record down. Oh God, that's so fast. I mean, I just don't it's even madness, know. madness, isn't it? Don't, I can't imagine. It's like, it's, diff- it's difficult, isn't it? Because you look at it on the face of it and everybody else sort of appears slow compared, because it's like, what's she, what's she run? Two? 15. 15. Um, and Mara's at 2.22. So seven. 23. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so seven and a bit minutes. So it's like when Steve Jones ran, was it 206, was it? It's like then saying the next best man was at two, 213. And it's just, well, it or the other case is the next best man's at 208. So it's like saying we had a, a Brit run 201 in <laughs> years ago. Um, yeah. yeah. How how does it, how do you, do you relate to it? Do you look at it as a, as a something you potentially could achieve as a as a female athlete or is it just <laughs> such a standout there performance uh yeah to be honest I don't look at it as something that's in my immediate future um <laughs> unless the uh adidas adidas shoes yeah. come out and they're um they've got like springs or something <laughs> no. um I just feel like it's such a fast time like I haven't even run the half time that she ran to go through halfway so it's like she ran, I can't remember what she ran, but um, yeah, I haven't even run the halfway split. So to me, it's something that's like unachievable. Um, but I just try to each year get better. And, you know, I'd never say never, but um, like I'm trying to get faster each year. 
So eventually I might get down to 15, I don't know. Um, when so. I started, I was a 232 runner. So um, I've knocked off a little bit of time, but yeah, that's a lot of time to knock off. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got 10 minutes before. Yeah, see, next time, one, <laughs> 232. Yeah, surely 212. Oh. Yeah, easy. Um, yeah, just make sure you stay ahead of Clarkie. That's the main thing. And then <laughs> I'll be here. Um, cool. I won't take up any more of your time, but yeah, all the best for for the winter. Hopefully Thank stay you. injury free and we look to um, follow you into a, a major champs, whichever one that may be. But Thanks. yeah, all the best with, with the rest of the winter, really. Thanks very much. Cool. Thanks for your time. See you